I'm still dancing. <sighs> Starting off a little boogie. Yeah. Got a little shimmy Gotta in put it. Put a little boogie in it. Speaking of little boogies, my nose will not stop running. I did Yay. make this tissue dance by putting a little boogie in it. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Just so much snot. Or a lot of boogies in it. I actually legitimately wonder where it all comes from. Like, I get to the point where I'm like, Your this left is... leg. Huh? Your left leg. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. That's where all the snot gets stored. That's mm-hmm. basic anatomy. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. The left leg is hollow. Right. It's where all the mucus comes from. Yeah. Sure feels like it. I honestly wonder, like, how is it possible to produce this much liquid out of my nose? Like, scientifically, how am I not shriveled up by now? <laughs> <laughs> if that sounds like a joke, it you, is not. You drink a lot of liquids. I guess so. Just like downing seltzer water and soda pops, coffees. Yes. Soda pops. Soda pops. Even more coffees. Yeah. Lots of seltzer lately, though. Yeah, tons of it. I did not like those things for a long time, and I still think I don't like LaCroix. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there are other ones that are cheaper and just as good, if not better. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I like the bubbly one. Bubbly ones are good. I like aha, but they're expensive. But their flavors are like superior. Everyone says they're expensive, but I don't know what they actually cost because Sparkle doesn't put the price on the thing. <laughs> so I buy one in a blue moon and then I'm like, I don't even know what I paid for this fucking thing. It's probably about the same cost as LaCroix. Look, what the is LaCroix expensive? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought they were the cheapy. Uh-uh. Huh. OK, I'll learn something. Maybe it's a little more than LaCroix. I can't quite remember. But AHA are the more expensive ones. But their flavors are really good. Like, they have interesting flavors. The thing is, they also made that evil decision to sell them in eight pack. Yeah. Like, like that really annoys me. Yeah. I don't know why. <clears throat> because you can never get the buns to go with them. <laughs> right. Yeah, because buns for <laughs> seltzer water are sold in packs of eight. So it's like, oh, no. Oh, actually, it's perfect. I poured all the seltzer water cans on my hot dog buns, and now I have two dry ones. (laughs) Or three. I don't know. I did that wrong. Doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We ran into that uh, classic. uh, 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 Sausage conundrum. Sausage conundrum. I was looking for the. That's exactly the right phrase. (laughs) Because we made sausage and. The decision about how to to separate them out into packs was very much a like I'm not going to be evil and put them in a pack of six like an animal. Okay, but you have to understand. <laughs> I need to share from my perspective what this looked like sure. though, and and sounded like because you're in the kitchen packaging the sausages. We made twelve pounds of sausage, maybe a little more, somewhere abouts, and. You're packaging it up to put it in the freezer and you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to package them in, in like bags of six. And then out of nowhere, all of a sudden, no, I will not give in to the evil. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening? It's a, it's a disgusting industry practice and it needs to end. (laughs) The number, the number of sausages should be equal to the number of buns and the number of buns is always eight and everybody knows it. Well, for the most part. Packages of eight. I guess some sausage sausages buns come in sixes. Have. So maybe it's not all that bad. Hold on, I have to text my mom. 
right now? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> well, it's because she, she planned on stopping by at some point. Yes. And okay. she said she was going to come over shortly. So I have to tell her we're in the middle of the podcast. Uh, should we stop? No. I don't know if she's going to be reachable. She might already be in her car. No. She mm. just... Uh, I don't know. Hmm? She could drop it off if she wants. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, anyways, yeah. so... So we made like 42 sausages. <laughs> we made lots of sausages. And we froze a lot of sausage. We've also eaten a lot of sausage. We've eaten over a quarter of that sausage. <laughs> it's very good sausage. Your now my mom is calling, right so we do have to pause. <laughs> All right, hold on. All right, we're back. And we're back. That ended up being good timing. Yes, mom had a birthday card for you. I gave her some sausage. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just so happened that a package I was waiting on that I was hoping to get for this very episode was in the mail when you happened to a check it. A mysterious envelope. A mysterious envelope appeared. So, perfect Which, uh, timing. By the way, the postage cost exactly four twenty. Please it. Please it. Oh, did I talk on this podcast about my doctor? I don't think you mentioned that on that. That's a really good story, though. <laughs> so the last time I went to see my doctor, which kind of goes into something I wanted to talk about anyway, I went to talk to her about it. We've been working through mental health issues together. She's my general practitioner, but I've been going to her for years, and yeah, I salute that. Mm. And uh, she's given me anxiety medications because I thought I had anxiety, and we are working through that, and it's helped a little bit but not entirely and so I was going to her to talk to her about the possibility that I have ADHD so she referred me to go get tested but during that appointment mm -hmm. um, they've since like they switched they were under like one branch and they switched to being under someone else like her practice and when they did that, they switched software. And it's been like a whole mess. Like when I called to make my appointment, they didn't even have me in their new software yet. And like it, it, everyone hates the new software apparently. Mm. So she was having to like go back through her records to see the last time I was there. She's like, oh, when did I see you last? And when she looked at the date, she was like, <clears throat> oh God, what'd she do? She was like, Oh, April 20th. And then she looked at me and went, 420. <laughs> and, and I looked at her and went, blaze it. And she went, yeah. <laughs> Not the reaction you expect from your doctor. Right. But it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I had to tell, because uh, in our group of friends, in our group chat, Every day at 420, there's usually some person who has their phone and says something about blazing. Used to be more consistent. We've really dropped it on the blaze it at 420. <laughs> yeah. Which is disappointing. Oh, well. There was one night that I woke up and it happened to be 420 and I almost texted the group, but I was too sleepy. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I almost did it. Though. I have done the 420 AM blaze it. Yeah. And the reaction is always, why the hell were you awake? Right. Usually, like, I'm always busy at that time. I'm either, like, driving home or I'm still at work. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm never in a good spot to say blaze it. Back in the back in the good old days when uh, Blaine still worked with me, we would have epic, you know, sort of uh, four twenty blaze off blaze offs. <laughs> one time we made up this crazy story about uh, like some like space captain named like Blaze something or other, and he was being pursued by the weed police in space. <laughs> 
And it was like, no, you shall not blaze. And he says, you, 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 you do not know the power of my blazing. Like we made this crazy story about it. That's silly. Yeah. Um, I don't even smoke weed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't even smoke weed, but it's most just of fun. us don't. Yeah. Um, but the doctor's story goes into the fact that she referred me to get tested for ADHD, mm-hmm. and I did that, and I just got my results, mm-hmm. and I in fact have ADHD, mm-hmm. and it explains so much of my life to we, me. <laughs> we have to go back first because we have to talk about your. Crazy scenario in the bathroom of the test center. Oh, yeah. Did we talk about that on here yet? I don't think that we did. Okay, so, (laughs) oh, man, I've been missing out on so much good stuff. So I went for an ADHD assessment, and basically the way this worked out is that it's like a little interview first where she asks questions of like, hey, what's going on? Why do you think you have this? And then she asks some specific questions like, Do you forget things a lot? Do you lose things a lot? Just things that are common for people with ADHD and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, Then she had to set up for the actual assessment. So she's like, hey, I need a minute to set up. So if you need to use the bathroom or anything. I was like, actually, I really have to go. So I go into the bathroom. And off to the side, there's like a little cabinet. And there's candles on top of it. And everyone knows the phrase live, laugh, love, right? It's like one of those played out little uh, cliches. Yes. <clears throat> the uh, the uh, soothing words of... <laughs> the white girl mantra. <laughs> yes, of like white women, essentially. <laughs> so they have these uh, candles. Each one has a word on it. And they're all different sizes. So live candle is the smallest. <laughs> laugh is the next biggest. And love is the largest. Yeah. So... Any normal person arranges them would arrange them in as that smallest order. to biggest, so it says live, laugh, love. But right. they did not do that. They <laughs> arranged them so it says live, love, laugh. So smallest, biggest, next biggest to the right. And I am sitting here looking at it while I'm going to the bathroom, like I need to fix this. No, but better, you thought. What if this is a test? Well, my first thought was, I need to fix this. Like, this is not right. I should fix this. And then I was like, you can't rearrange things in their bathroom. And then it was like, maybe this is part of the test. (laughs) (laughs) And so then my next thought. I absolutely would have rearranged those. And I absolutely. Not a a doubt. I would have been like, nope, fuck that. And then my next thing, I was like, okay, I am rational enough to know I cannot just go rearranging things in a psychiatrist, like a psychologist's (laughs) office. Like, I I know not to do that. I think it would have been fine. So then my next thought was like, okay, yeah, you can't rearrange anything. But maybe when you go back in there, you could just subtly be like, pass your bathroom test. (laughs) And then then I was like, and then I was like. No, because that just sounds like I'm a 33-year-old woman who's proud that she went potty by herself. <laughs> and, like, you can't do that either. Hey, uh, I just want you to know, I was in the bathroom. I saw what you did. I, I, I spotted your, your test. test. I passed. I know what you did. You tried to get me. But I, I saw it. I, I put them in the right order because you were no, clearly I'm, testing me. I meant, like, I passed the test as in I resisted. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I resisted changing anything. <laughs> Um, that is actually the craziest possible reaction is just to be like, I I did it. I didn't rearrange the candles. <laughs> but you if, if you want to know what it's like to have ADHD, it's yeah. 
it's that immediate reaction, the impulsivity of like, fix the candles. No, don't fix the candle. Okay, but tell her that you didn't fix the candles. No, don't do that. Don't it's- mention it, weirdo. <laughs> They're just candles. Luckily, I have enough in there to tell me not to oh, do those I things. I would have so but- loved to see you confidently walk out of the going. <laughs> I passed your test. I I didn't move the candles. But I passed the test. I'm totally I passed that test, but I have ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So I've been reading lots of books. And if anyone is interested in the subject or thinks they have it or whatever has someone who has it. um, It's well known that it is underdiagnosed in girls. Yeah. And it's um And it, we personally have several friends who were diagnosed as adults. Yeah. P- plus the fact that like <clears throat> it does not manifest in the same ways for everybody and so yeah. it's I mean if it's worth you know asking yourself a series of questions if you find Yeah, I mean you can't diagnose yourself but do what I did and talk this, to a doctor. This is what I mean, asking yourself help. a series of questions to determine whether like talking to someone about it might be worth doing cuz right. it does not present like ADHD conjures up in people's heads like some sugared up kid and it's not it's right. not that it's not that i i was never that um i like so i have mostly an attentive type a little bit of a mixture but for me like the hyperness doesn't come out as like the running around crazy because i'm not a high energy person but it comes out as like talking a mile a minute yeah like not being able to figure out what i want to do next but feeling wired uh yeah yesterday i was like on a tear like, I just... <laughs> you were in rare form yesterday. We're laying in bed like it's time to go to sleep, and I'm holding my phone, and you're just waving your hand in front of my face. And I'm, like, trying to get around your hand. My eyes were closed. I had my mask on, and I was just, like, just like batting interrupting at my, everything he was doing. Just, like, sticking your hand in my face. like ah. And I had to make a conscious effort to stop myself from doing you it because I kept were, wanting to do you it. You were in the middle of talking about how weird it was, and you started doing it again. <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> Super weird. I, I, yesterday was a very weird mood for me. I was yeah. very up all day. And it wasn't even like you were like drinking caffeine or anything. No, no, I haven't been having caffeine. Like yeah. if it, I'll have an occasional soda, but I'm really trying not to have caffeine because it it makes things worse for me. But yeah, um, that's not the case for all people with ADHD. Sometimes it helps chill you out a little bit, but not right. me. It makes me crazy. I'll tell you, what, um, I'm, I'm at the point I can drink a pot of coffee a day and feel nothing. Yeah, that's no, nope, not me. It's not. Fun. I if I have like a if I have a sip of coffee of strong coffee, the way I act makes me feel like I downed the whole thing, and I'll look at it and barely any is missing, and I'm like, oh my god, like I'm sweating, I'm anxious, I'm shaking, I feel like I'm losing my mind, and I'm like, I must have drank way more of that than I thought, and I look in like nothing's gone. See, that's it. That's why I don't notice the coffee because I'm always sweating, anxious, and <laughs> feeling like I'm losing my mind. But uh, the the point of the ADHD topic was I, I wanted to bring up the book uh, it's called You Mean I'm Not Lazy, Stupid or Crazy um, the doctor who diagnosed me strongly suggested it and I just I ordered like six books about ADHD because <laughs> ADHD that's also and, like your approach to anything <clears throat> right like this personal is well I'm gonna library I'm out I'm gonna about learn it. everything I can and it's actually been really helpful to understand things and be like oh that's like a thing Mm-hmm. That's not just me. Like it, it really does help 
to feel <laughs> like there are reasons for things you couldn't explain before. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Sometimes I'm I'm a little concerned that there, like there is an attempt to pathologize every behavior. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think it's I don't know. I'm glad that it's being helpful. I just yes. like you know. Well, I I think what's important is to like. Take explanations for what they are, but not use them as excuses, you know, like, Mm. yeah, that can explain why I did this thing as a kid that we didn't understand why I was like that. Like, Mm. yeah, you were like overstimulated and that's why you had these tantrums that as a chill kid, you normally wouldn't have like the underwear thing. I wasn't going to bring up the incredibly (laughs) personal topic of the underwear, but okay. Were you really not? <laughs> I wasn't, but okay. Christy, hold on a minute. You, <laughs> I will. I am an open person. I, on this podcast? I have talked about much more personal things, but <laughs> as a child, a very small child, like, I hated the feeling of underwear, like, tight against my skin. It drove me crazy. And yeah. my mom didn't know why, but she knew that it really bothered me. Yeah. So... Before I was going to school, this wasn't a problem. I could just, like, wear soft pants and not wear underwear. Yeah. That was fine. But when I started having to go to, like, preschool, she's like, I can't can't send you without skivvies. Like, you have to wear some kind of underwear. Yeah. But I still couldn't deal with it. So she had to get me, like, women's underwear so that they were loose enough that they wouldn't be touching me tightly because it, like, I couldn't handle it. Yeah. So I was reading this book and like came across a bit about like overstimulation and it's any sense like it could be sounds that Uh are just too much for you or like seeing something that's just like too much going on and and you get overstimulated. But it can also be like tactile feelings. Mm -hmm. And it hit me. I was like, oh, my God that's why I couldn't handle the underwear. It just like something about that feeling was too much for me. And that, and I eventually, I grew out of that, (laughs) by the way, I'm fine with underwear, but (laughs) but I'm fine with underwear (laughs) Davenport. I mean, I don't wear them if I don't have to, but But that's a comfort thing. You don't find underwear intolerable now. Yes. (laughs) But I texted my mom, like, I understand the underwear thing now. Please tell me you texted her with more context than Uh, that. I don't remember how I said it. (laughs) Let's go back. I understand the underwear thing. Cool. What? Uh, 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 uh. (sighs) I forgot to turn Uh, the the furnace off. So now the the low rumble mm, of our furnace is just driving mm -hmm, me mm -hmm, slowly mm -hmm. crazy. Um, the exact thing I texted to her at 8.37 p.m. yesterday was, I just learned why I hated wearing underwear as a small child and had to wear super large underwear. (laughs) And she said, I remember that. You couldn't have them touching you. I said, yep, super common in people with ADHD. Yeah. And she said, you were really young. And I said, it's a brain problem. I've had it probably since I was born. Yeah. So, Yeah. I I didn't like underwear. <laughs> it's fine still, again. I'm fine with them now. I tolerate underwear. I tolerate underwear. They're okay. It's you know they're not my favorite, but I wear them as a civilized member of society when I have to. <laughs> uh, well, well, Miss Civilized Member of Society, <clears throat> would you like to play a game? 
Because I think it's about time. I would love to stop talking about underwear in my childhood. <laughs> and would love to play a game instead. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, uh, let's play Trues and Fnews. All right. You need to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for Trues and Fnews. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing. Famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for Trues and a Merv Griffin production. All right, let's do it. Let's play Trues and Fnews. All right. Um, you're going to have to explain to me how to play. God damn it. All right, I will. <laughs> uh, Trues and Fnews is a game, a news game, an internet game, an internet news game, you might even say, in which I present to you two false stories, one true story. These are Trues and Fnews. You have to determine which of the stories is the true story, the Trues, or the false stories, the Fnews. <gasps> That was good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Do you like my little gasps? Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> uh, all right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Story number one. Kraft Foods is hiring the 34th class of Wienermobile drivers to drive the iconic hot dog mobile across the country for one year. The job somehow requires a bachelor's degree in a field like journalism, marketing, or public relations, and, of course, a license and favorable driving record. Okay. Number two, the NRA, in the midst of its bankruptcy proceedings, has asked members to show support by marching next week in front of the Southern District of New York Bankruptcy Court. However, to keep it safe, they're asking people to live stream videos of themselves marching in place at home, which will be projected on a big board across the street. Okay. Number three, an Abilene, Texas man is being charged on computer fraud and abuse charges after hacking dozens of Fort Worth billboards to display the same image. Ted Cruz eating a Twinkie in a compromising, suggestive manner. <laughs> okay. All right. I need a repeat. All right. Number one, Kraft Foods is hiring the 34th class of Wienermobile drivers to drive the iconic hot dog mobile across the country for one year. The job somehow requires a bachelor's degree in a field like <laughs> journalism, marketing, or public relations, and, of course, a license and favorable driving record. Number two, the NRA, in the midst of its bankruptcy proceedings, has asked members to show support by marching next week in front of the Southern District of New York Bankruptcy Court. However, to keep it safe, they're asking people to live stream videos of themselves marching in place at home, which will be projected on a big board across the street. Okay. Number three, an Abilene, Texas man is being charged on computer fraud and abuse charges after hacking dozens of Fort Worth billboards to display the same image. Ted Cruz eating a Twinkie in a compromising, suggestive manner. <laughs> <sighs> oh, Ted Cruz, you at it again. <sighs> Psycho killer. Guess I could say. Eat that Twinkie. I'm, I'm, I always hated Ted Cruz, but I hate him so much more now. Yeah. So here's my summary. Not for Number the one thing, by the way. The, yeah. the Twinkie thing is unrelated to my hatred for Ted Cruz. Number one, educate your wiener drivers. <laughs> Number two, NRA asked members to videotape what they would be doing anyway, marching in place for no reason. <laughs> Weird. Number three, watch Ted Cruz eat that Twinkie. <laughs> watch him watch slowly him. and deliberately. And suggestively yes. eat that Twinkie. Mm. <laughs> I don't like your sound. <laughs> um, okay. I want the third one to be true. Yeah. 
I don't want that man to be in jail for it, <laughs> but I want it to be true that it happened. The so third one is the most delightful story. The truths, I'm going with the most delightful story, although I think it's very possible that number one is the truths, but I'm going with three. Mm. He, it's like a one and a half boat there. <clears throat> That's like uh, one for the the Ted Cruz and a half for the Wiener Mobile. Yeah, I'm. But my official vote is for Ted Cruz eating that Twinkie. <sighs> Unfortunately, that is not real. Is I the Wiener Mobile re- real? Absolutely, the Wiener Mobile. Okay. Um, I knew there was that chance, but I like to vote my heart. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I would prefer to be wrong and align with the story that makes me happy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this is, I didn't realize that they have like, this is the 34th class of Wienermobile drivers. Yeah. Um, And of course, it's like a little bit, it feels almost like a joke that to drive the Wienermobile, you still have to have a bachelor's degree. Here's the thing. It does. It it feels silly. Mm -hmm. But I bet you don't just drive the Wienermobile. Like You probably have to write a blog about. Mm. The stuff you do or the people you interact with or the places you go. That's why you have to have like journalism or PR degree, you know. It actually looks like an exhausting job because I'm sure for one year crossing the country, you have to do like 200 events. Yeah. You have to stay, you know, in like, you know, short term (laughs) corporate like uh, places or like uh, hotels. You're traveling, you're on the road. You have to like pitch interviews and stuff to local news and things show up at like. You know, public events where it's like, oh, they're opening a new library yeah. and here's the Wienermobile, you know, I uh, there's some savvy involved. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that job. That sounds so incredibly exhausting. It feels like it would be really cool for a week. And then you just realize you've been tricked by a multinational right. corporation to into be doing the job of like car. three people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's like, OK, you need a degree to do this job. But actually, this is something we should hire a PR person for. Yeah. And should hire like a journalist for and then have like a driver to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it feels like it's all fun and games until you got to like be on the side of the road fixing a flat on the big wiener. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, I do. (laughs) Boy, don't I know. (laughs) I've Ah. been there a million times. Who hasn't? (laughs) (laughs) We're in like a weird good mood today. Yeah, we are. Um, That's good though. I like it. But yeah, no, that's uh, that's a true thing. It it feels insulting on some level and demeaning to the youth of America (laughs) that like... You have to have a degree to drive a hot dog car. Like something about that is <laughs> I get why. So, yeah, that, that well, that's why that was my tip off that I'm like, they're saying you're driving a car, but they're going to ask way more of you because that's the real bait and switch. Right. Like, that's what we're used to. Yeah. Is like. We're going to ask way more of you than we should be asking of you. And yeah. because things are the way they are. You're going to fucking do it. I'm and we're <laughs> not going to pay you enough and we're going to be super demanding. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they are or not, but that's like a lot to ask. <laughs> I will say this. I think if I had the opportunity and I could like pick up my life again at the end of the year, I think I'd do it. I wouldn't. That is it, absolutely not a job I'd be good at. It would be exhausting. Yes. You'd be very, very busy. And yes. you'd constantly be having to talk to people, go to events, cook hot dogs on some pull-out grill. Like, probably, you know, like, you're going to be busy. Absolutely couldn't do it. 
I know that about myself. I do not have the discipline to like write about things and like think, think of the be book. consistent the way you'd have to be consistent. Think of the books worth of materials you could write after a year with the Wienermobile. Yeah. There'd be like <laughs> it would come to a point after a few weeks where there'd just be a week of me just like tossing some hot dogs <laughs> at some kids and be like fuck it i can't handle you right now just like driving <laughs> past a ribbon cutting on a car dealership going i have had four hours of sleep and just throwing <laughs> packages of dogs and buns i'll be at the best western cook them yourselves <laughs> i don't give a fuck yeah i don't see that I, I don't see me being able to do that but there's something beautiful about it i i don't know what it, it's like I would love well, to see everyone, Kerouac's like, on the road done right. from the perspective of, of the, the weenie weenie driver. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Let's make it. It's like, let's write that script. It's like hopped up on <laughs> Benny's and it's like three in the morning and his friends <laughs> fucking some girl in the backseat. And they're like, we got to make it. We got to make it to, we got to make it to Tucson. <laughs> no, don't use those. I need those packages of winners for my event tomorrow. Don't use them. Yes. Uh, I said what in, I said. In a sexual manner. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> They're hopped up on bannies. What do you want? That's a good point. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't know. Do people fuck hot dogs when they're hopped up on bannies? Do they ever? Yes. There's your answer. Let's move on. Yeah, let's I move on. I think it's time for a break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this got weird. Let's take a break. We'll come back with uh, your main not? topic uh, for this episode. <laughs> And we're back. I just realized in the editing this episode together, last episode when the truth news theme was supposed to come in, it didn't. Instead. Just me leaning out of my chair going. Making the, dead noises. <laughs> does it hit the marker button on the recording software? And just go. <laughs> Good job. These are the kind of noises I make all the time. Me too. <sighs> I miss, okay, we're I'm, old. I'm, I miss being young enough that you didn't have to make a noise every time you sit down or lean or do yeah. anything requiring any effort. Yeah. Yep. Not anymore. Nope, not anymore. Gosh, I'm anyway. 34 in like days. Yes, you are. Which means I outlived Jesus. I was thinking about it. I have outlived <laughs> Jesus if I make it to 34. Proud of you. I don't want to jinx it yet. There's still a couple days left for me to crucify you. <laughs> That's true. I can wake up one day and just be like upright and be like, what the hey? And then my hands are tied to a cross and oh boy. <laughs> I've got the nails boys at the ready. <laughs> oh no. What? <sighs> well, ah, I should have accounted for this. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I don't know why I thought about that, but uh if you live to 34, you beat Jesus's record. Hmm. So proud of you. Thank you. Are we ready? I think so. 
Let's do it. What do we got? So often we have like topics that are just, they're interesting, but they're bummers. Yeah. I know this is not going to be a bummer. This is not a bummer. This is not that day. This is not that topic. This is a lighthearted, fun, cute little thing. I, okay. I have like a feeling now about what it might be. Just because I know enough about the package. But I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let you lay all this out. I'm going to tell you about the Republic of Malasia. Yeah. The far away and exotic land that is the Republic of Malasia. Please tell me this is like <laughs> someone seceded and he lives in North Dakota. Located in Dayton, Nevada. <laughs> And surrounded by the United States of America. Hell yes. Malasia is a self-proclaimed micronation with a storied, if not slightly fantastical history. I am super into this. This is sea land all over again. Yes. Very close. But first, some some facts, some like national information. Their national symbol, their flag is the Grand Triune. It's a rectangular flag with three horizontal stripes with blue at the top, which represents both strength and the desert sky. Mm-hmm. White in the middle to represent purity and the mountains. And green at the bottom to represent prosperity and the Molossian landscape after spring rain. Aww. Their national animal is a Mustang, the wild horse. Uh, their national bird is the valley quail. Their mm-hmm. national tree is the common juniper. Their national flower is the common sagebrush. Yeah. The area is uh, 17,920 square Royal Nortons, which is about (laughs) 11.3 acres. Do you remember that episode we did about Emperor Norton, Emperor of the World? Yeah. That's what he's referring when he says units of measurement as Nortons. Yeah. Shut up. No way. Yeah, I he's seems like he's a bit of an icon to those who do the micronationalism thing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, there's lots of represent uh, uh, references to Norton, Royal Norton's as a unit of measurement and all kinds of things. Are they like based on his height or something? <laughs> I, I'm not. I didn't look into it. I hope that they are. But probably. <laughs> um. So. Population of Malasia is 34, 30 humans and four dogs. Okay. Dogs get citizenship. That's nice. Um, so the current ruler of Malasia, I'll get into their history in a bit, but um, he's the esteemed president, Kevin Baugh, spelled B-A-U-G-H. Okay. And the capital of Malasia is Boston, spelled B-A-U-G-H-S-T-O-N. <laughs> I like that. Uh, their currency is the Valora, and it is linked with cookie dough. Uh, five Valora is equal to one tube of Pillsbury cookie dough, so they are literally rolling in the dough. Their joke, not mine. <laughs> and this is a good time to oh, talk about yes. the package that hell I yes. have I have received. Oh, my goodness. I can't, I'm so excited. So we, I had ordered this during the week when I was doing the research, and... Um, Knew I might not get it in time, and when we took that unexpected break earlier, I can't get it out of the package. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when we took the unexpected break earlier, yeah, it happened to be in the mail. Okay, so. yeah, uh, so yeah, it's in our mailbox. It's uh, it's it's uh, addressed it's pretty well packaged. This here. is addressed as from the government of the Republic of Malasia 
at 226 Mary Lane in Dayton, Nevada. But tellingly, United States is part of the 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 return address. So you can only be so principled if you want to go through the USPS. Yes. So I ordered some uh, Molossian currency. Uh, yeah. So I I got their pack of they they had a a combo pack for like all of the coins basically. Yeah. Um. So this is like a 40th anniversary one. It's Republic of Malasia. It says 26th of May 1977 uh, to 26th of May 2017. So that was their 40 years. <laughs> Okay. Do you so want to describe what you're seeing? May I? Yes. Uh, what I am seeing is like, you know how you can get like poker chips made and customized with like your logo? That is exactly what they did. It's, it looks uh, like they printed stickers and put them on poker chips. Yeah, it's a it's a poker chip. It's got like uh, symbols around the outside, like a clover and a diamond and a spade and a heart. <clears throat> and it's in the middle. It has their their incorporation dates. And on the reverse side. What appears to be the 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 number forty with like a horse kind of as part of their you know forty year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, they're all poker chips, aren't they? <laughs> yes. Uh, so the Republic of Malasia on one side on this one, this is the five Valora coin. On one side, it says five Valora and has like a laurel, and it says nothing ventured, nothing gained, which is their motto. Yeah. And on the other side, it has esteemed President uh, Kevin Baugh. Okay. And says Republic of Malasia, and it's a green poker chip type coin. I need to describe this. Okay. Because not only does it say Republic of Malasia, it has an image of the man in what appears to be sort of like formal regal dress. He's got yes. like a big hat with like a gold thing in the middle of it. He kind of looks he like. He always wears a snappy kind of military type suit. You could like 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 formal dress. Military. This is like what like Castro looks like. It's like <laughs> the big military hat and the the jacket with the tie. Uh, not fucking around with the imagery here. Definitely very official looking, despite the <laughs> fact that it is a poker chip. <laughs> now you said this is five Valora. That's five Valora. So that's, that's, that's equal a tube to of cookie dough. that's a tube of cookie dough right here. If if I'm in uh, Nevada and I want cookie dough. I have official currency to buy it. In in Malasia. Right. Only have to be there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so this one says Republic of Malasia on one side. It has their coat of arms. This okay. is the thirteenth this is the thirtieth anniversary. And on the other side it says twenty sixth of May nineteen seventy seven, the Grand Republic of Voldstein. So that was their <laughs> original name. I'll go into that. Voldstein's uh, ditch that name for sure. They did, it's, but it sounds a little Nazi. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Wow, this is, yeah, thirtieth anniversary. Uh, how much is this worth? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, it might not. It's Republic. There, there. A couple of them are like just the special fortieth anniversary coins. Yeah, they definitely did a rebrand, and that's good because the Grand Republic of. V yeah, well, I'll talk about their history. We'll talk all about that transition. I'm just saying um, for the imagery, there's like a yeah. big eagle, and that it's kinda, two headed eagle. Yeah, 
spells out some ominous vibes. <laughs> You'll learn more. Okay. Uh, Republic of Malasia on the other side of this is, is a blue coin, and it says one Valora on the other side. So that's mm-hmm. a one Valora coin. Wow, how about that? A fifth of a tube of cookie dough. And this is my favorite. This is the 10 Valora. So this is two tubes of cookie dough worth. Wow. And uh, it says Republic of Malasia, 10 Valora on one side. Oh, what's it say around the edges here? That is very small. Um, oh God, I don't know if I can read. I feel like I need readers. Yeah, you wanna, you wanna hand um, to ameliorate the evils under which the country is laboring, Ooh. <laughs> and thereby cause confidence to exist both at home and abroad in our stability and integrity. That's around the edge of the ten valora. <laughs> okay. And then on the other side, it says Republic of Malasia, and it has uh, this picture of Emperor Norton. That's oh. on their ten valora coin. Oh my God, that's the same guy. <laughs> that's em- no, that's no. Emperor Norton. That's the one we oh, did the other right, episode. Right, 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 right. I told you there's many references to him in here. That's right. Yeah, there he is with his feathery hat, <clears throat> Emperor yeah. Norton the first. And wow. so. I did something I don't normally do. So I ordered these coins. Oh, oh, I forgot about the other part of the delivery. I also ordered some paper currency. Oh, okay. They have like notes? Yes. Um, so this is a one Valeria, Valora bill. This is says Bank of Malasia, <coughs> Banco de Malasia on the other side. They went with um, Spanish. They, they're multilingual. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So... It's actually really nicely made. They look great. Wow. Um, it, it is nice. The The only detail about this uh, that I don't like is that it's clearly a perforation because you can see the little yeah. areas around the edge where they had Yeah, but the texture it. of the paper is nice. It has like a a raised, like embossed. Yeah, it's a very textured official paper. Official thing on the side there. Let's get the seal. And I also got the five Valora, which is my favorite. It's green and has Mustangs on the back and it has a picture of esteemed president <laughs> Kevin Baugh on the front with his hat and everything. Oh my God. Yep, there he is, the dictator himself. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm amazed by this. So um when I made this purchase they have serial numbers like they yes. put serial numbers yes. on the bills. So when I made this purchase I did so through their website so you can do this too if you want to. Um <laughs> I realized I I pretty quickly after I paid um yeah. through PayPal got an email in return saying, you know, thank you for your purchase and we'll send it out to you right away and I realized this looked like a real email. Like this wasn't like a auto generated right like email personal email address. and usually they'll say at the bottom like do not do reply. not respond yeah. this had none of that and I was like I'm gonna do something I don't normally do I'm gonna reach out hell yes so I did and I basically explained that you know I thanked him for responding and for sending these out and said that you know, I do a podcast. And we choose an area of interest every time we do it yeah. and explain the topic to someone else. We've done things like Sealand in the past. Mm-hmm. Malasia caught my interest and I was going to explain Malasia to my boyfriend and co-host Dave. 
And I got a response. So cool. From His Excellency President Kevin Baugh himself from Republic of Malaysia. Oh, man, I salute you. He said, greetings and thank you for your interest in our nation. I also mentioned that uh, my main sources were Wikipedia and Malaysia's website themselves. Yeah. Um, He said, it is an honor that you will be introducing us to Dave in your podcast and this talking about Malaysia to your audience. Frankly, I'm not terribly fond of the Wikipedia article about Malaysia, but our website is, of course, an excellent source of information. If you have any questions about our nation, please do not hesitate to ask. Have fun and thank you again. So (laughs) that is the endorsement of His Excellency President Kevin Baugh, Republic of Malaysia, who uh, responded directly to me and sent these this currency off to us so. i am just tickled yeah. i'm tickled um, i wonder if they're aware of c i'm sure they're aware of sea land another kind i think of they like, are i think they mention it on their website there's got to be a very small but like he seems very involved in micronationalism as right. a thing and like these people know who each other are I yes at, at least in passing if not personally they yeah. know of each other so um, that's why I mentioned Sealand to him. But yeah, so we got a direct response from him. So I'll get back into the information portion of the episode, but I wanted to share all that with you. Um, I am delighted. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the the paper currency is super impressive. I love the coins, too, especially the one with Emperor Norton on it. But yeah, uh, the paper currency is really cool. Um, so their languages are English, Esperanto and Spanish. Oh, OK. Um, they have no state recognized religion. Their national holiday is Founders Day, May 26 of 1977. Mm. Uh, their national anthem, they have a national anthem. The words on their website, you can listen to the song and read the words, but mm. I'm not going to play that. I'm just going to redo the words. There's a place beneath the western sun, a country proud, a nation next to none, an oasis amid the desert sand, standing tall in this uncommon land. From the mountains high down to the valleys wide, our flag of blue and white and green it ever flies. Where hawks and mustangs roam, for Malasia is our home. Mm. Treasure land of wind and sage and mighty dreams, our country strong and free and proud, it reigns supreme. For Fair Malasia is our home, fair Malasia is our home. I am so intrigued. <laughs> I mean, I guess you have to have like an anthem. Yeah. If you're going to be a proper nation. And the uh, I will say that they're very thorough. Yeah. Like the information I'm sharing from you is mostly from their website. And it's not everything that's on their website. Okay. And I'm going to tell you about a lot of things, but there's a lot more. <laughs> if you're interested, anyone can go to their website and have a look and, and see exactly what's there. Um, their website is Malasia.org. Okay. Um, M-O-L-O-S-S-I-A.org. And there's a lot, they have so much information there. It's great. (laughs) And including a little tab about how to start your own micronation. Oh my Um, goodness. Which I think we should do quite frankly, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Why is Um, there not a Gustopia? Yeah. So. That that was their anthem. They have so much on their website, seriously. Uh, the <laughs> Pledge of Allegiance. The Malassian Pledge of Allegiance was adopted May 2012, written by His Excellency the President. Mm-hmm. It goes as such. I pledge allegiance to Malassia, my home, my land, my heart, mighty and magnificent from Malassia, I'll never part. Short and sweet. Good and simple. Yeah. So let's get into the storied, if not fantastical, history 
of Molossia. I yeah, I have questions. I'll let you answer. So originally, the they were the Grand Republic of Oldstein. Mm-hmm. Founded May 26, 1977. The founders were James Spielman, who was at the time King James I, mm-hmm. and Kevin Baugh, who served as prime minister. After a while, King James I ceased to be active in the kingdom. Uh, read as grew out of playing pretend. Oh. <laughs> and Kevin Baugh continued to develop the nation. It seems like it was an idea they had as kids that they started developing. And, you know, sometimes you grow up and go do other things and aren't super involved. So right. 1980, the Republic was renamed the kingdom of Edelstein and 88. It was renamed again, the kingdom of Zaria and it existed as a nomadic government without a home. Mm-hmm. The prime minister along with the kingdom traveled to Europe and both grew culturally at this time. In 1995, the kingdom moved to Nevada In 1998 land was purchased and the government was formally and officially established. <laughs> the kingdom renounced in favor of provisional communist government at the time. September 1998, they renounced their sovereignty, enjoyed the United Provinces of Utopia as a province of that nation. Um, There's a lot here. This is going very quickly. (laughs) So I'm sorry. No, that's okay. In 1999, in January, uh, the United Provinces of Utopia ceased to exist as a nation. Um, So Malasia was left with no national government. Uh, so they were declared the People's Republic of Malasia mm-hmm. um, and February 1st of 1999 with Kevin Baugh as the premier. Mm-hmm. In spring of 1999, they began to develop as a small nation rather than a micronation project. A uh, quote from their website, our possession of physical territory makes this course a tangible one rather than a fantasy. I mean, there is something to that. If mm-hmm. you have land... Yeah, you know, it like, became more real because they actually had land. Yeah, I do wonder what their relationship is with, <laughs> bless you, uh, what what their relationship is, like diplomatic relations with the United States government. They oh. seem pretty fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, September 3rd, they renounced communist government. The people, de- the People's Democratic Republic ceased to exist. Mm-hmm. They declared it the Republic of Malaysia with the former premier, Kevin Baugh, now as president. In 2000, Malasia hosted the first intermicronational Olympic Games. <laughs> no kidding? Yes. Uh, I want to talk about these a little bit, just a little bit, because it's That's so great. So um, other micronations participated. Yes. Wow. Okay. I got to find the tab about them on their website real quick. Uh-huh. It's just so interesting to me, like the the that it's been so many different things and has evolved and changed its name. Yeah, and it really has. Yeah, it's pretty wild to me. Sorry, I gotta try to find. Dead. Sorry, uh, there it is. There's like I said, there's a lot of information on their site, so yeah. finding what exactly what I'm looking for can be a little hard. But, um, so in 2000 they had their. Uh, Intermicronational Olympic Games. They had two categories, mind sports, which were held online, and physical sports, which were held offline in person. So in mind sports, they had Yahoo (laughs) Reversi, Yahoo Checkers, and Yahoo Chess. Okay. Um, Yahoo Reversi, Prince Peter from uh, Raven Corvinia, and... Emperor Sean from Trisaline Imperium mm. participated. 
uh, Yahoo Checkers is Lord Robert Clark from Torheaven and Mark Baugh from Malasia. Mm. Empress Andrea from Trisseline Imperium and Edward Grintoke from Terra Firma Forfeit. Or no, from Terra Firma Who Forfeit. Okay. <laughs> Terra <laughs> like, Firma Forfeit. <laughs> um, and Yahoo Chess was Lord Robert Clark from Torhaven and Mark Baugh from Malasia. Oh, so he also enrolled in chess? Mark Baugh, yeah. who I believe is the son of Kevin, the president. Oh, Kevin. right, right. Um, physical sports. There was the 100-meter run participated in by Mark Baugh and Stephen Clemmer from Eslo. Uh, it looks like Mark Baugh won that with a result of 19.2 seconds. Shot put with a tennis ball, in parentheses, <laughs> which would be difficult. Um, <laughs> Casimir, Diana, Regina from Torhaven. The results were 64 feet and 8 inches. President Kevin Baugh of Malasia, his result was 58 feet. And Empress Andrea from the Trisseline Imperium was unfortunately forfeit. Um, they did discus with a frisbee. Yeah. President Kevin Baugh of Malasia, his result was 76 feet, which is pretty impressive. And Casimir, uh, Diana, Regina from Torhaven, her result was 69 feet, nice, four inches. Empress Andrea was supposed to participate from the Trisseline Imperium, and they forfeit. Mm. Um, so <laughs> that was their Olympic Games, and I just thought that was great. I thought that they used the fact that they used a tennis ball and a frisbee was yeah. just particularly sweet. Yeah, it's something heartwarming about that. Yeah, I really like that. Um, it's like a, a a national Olympic Games, <laughs> but but like kind of with you gotta the use scope, what you gotta use. Like kind of like with the scope of a company picnic. Yeah, I I liked that a lot. So in two thousand one, they also hosted. Uh, oh, I forgot. In two thousand, he created the Norton Awards for intramicro national excellence. So he's like very involved in this. In wow. 2001, Malasia hosted the first Intermicronational World Exposition, showcasing small nations from the world over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to talk about their environmentalism efforts because in March 2007, they banned incandescent light bulbs in Malasia. And they in really? January, yes, in January 2009, they banned plastic bags and began a comprehensive recycling program. Oh, wow. And uh, Malasia also has a space program, and they frequently launch rockets. And they also have a navy. <laughs> I l- hold on a minute. They have a navy. I, I okay, I don't know much about Dayton, Nevada, but I'm gonna bet it's landlocked. <laughs> but they also have some principalities and oh, things like that. Oh, so. okay. Um, and we'll talk about those later. But first, we need to unfortunately discuss an unsavory topic. Oh no, war. Oh no, we need to discuss war. Um, they had, uh, the war with Mustachistan, which is one of their <laughs> biggest wars. May 22nd. Mustachistan. Yes. I like that name. May 22nd, 2006, extended through June 8th, 2006. So Mustachistan's leader is Sultan Ali Ali Oxenfree. <laughs> he was an associate of President Kevin oh, Baugh. God. And Mustachistan was founded to participate in the world of small nations, but also to function as competition for Malasia. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rub is that President Ba had actually assisted Oxenfree in establishing his nation and website. So, and he repaid him with territorial disputes wow. mainly. So uh, Mustachistan started to claim that Malasia was part of their land. 
because they also were in Nevada, and therefore part of Mustachistan and not an independent nation, despite Malasia having been settled in Nevada for eight years with well-defined borders. Mm -hmm. Uh, The two nations planned a conference to discuss the dispute and reach a diplomatic resolution, but these talks failed, and Oxenfree insisted that Malasia should surrender sovereignty to Mustachistan. Uh, Malasia refused. In April, President Ba visited River Park near Carson River in Carson City, Nevada, as he often does. This habit was well known and was used to exacerbate the conflict between the two nations. Um, Oxenfree claimed the park was in Mustachistani territory and attempted to ban the president going so far as to put up a no Malassian sign, which President Ba immediately removed. That's xenophobic. Yes, which did not alleviate any brewing tensions. So by early May, Mustachistan threatened to use force to resolve the territorial dispute, and this threat seemed tangible. So the Malassian Navy was prepared and on the lookout for any incursions. May 22, 2006, war was declared. Mustachistan intended to move its army into position along Sutro Creek near the Malassian frontier. So President Kevin Baugh mobilized the Malassian Navy to intercept intercept the Mustachistani army. The war took place across several ensuing battles. Um, what were these battles fought with? <laughs> I'm wondering. Um, the, but they, the, I could find out for you if you really need to know, but that's no, okay. Th- there was a lot of, there's a whole big story. There's details about every battle, but the thing was getting a little long. So I, I condensed <laughs> a little bit, okay. but it, there's more. If you want to read more, there's more detail. I do. Um, the So the war took place across several ensuing battles until the Battle of Rattlesnake Rift, during which the Malassian forces snuck up on the Mustachistanis, leading to their surrender. Negotiations began, and Sultan Ali and President Ba signed a peace treaty on June 8, 2006, at 12.30 p.m., ending the war. Um, a new battlefield park was established and a war memorial, recognizing the sacrifices made to protect Malassia. Wow. It then, ends in peace. Huh? Um, it ends in peace. Yes. That's good. For then. Oh, no. Because in April 9th, 2010, through April 11th, 2010, so short-lived, there was the Kickassia invasion. Kickassia? Yes, a small invading force of 20, which, remember, Malasia is a, you know, a population of only 34, four of those being dogs, Wow. Um, approached from the eastern frontier near the Malasian Cemetery and overwhelmed Malasia's defenses. President Kevin Baugh surrendered to avoid the destruction of his beloved Malasia, and the Malasian government replaced and renamed itself Kikassia. The new leaders did not prepare for the challenges of running a nation, and these struggles, <laughs> combined with the egotistical behavior of their dictator, led to its downfall. <laughs> President Baugh was retained in as his alter ego of Baron Fritz von Baugh in an attempt to transition <laughs> government smoothly. As Fritz, President Bob was able to turn the Kickassians against their dictator. After a brief power struggle, the Kickassian government collapsed and the dictator was violently overthrown. The government was handed back to President Bob on April 11, 2010. Wow. What a story. Yes. What, what, a, what a turnabout of power. Yes. <clears throat> Here's <laughs> another interesting one for you. In September 2008, the Malassian Ministry of Archives and Records Spare Room Closet Division discovered a declaration of war against East Germany, dated November 2nd, my birthday, 1983, before I was born. The nation was currently the Republic of Oldstein at the time, and the current president was then prime minister. He was in West Germany with the U.S. Army. 
So mm. this explains maybe some of the Germany stuff, but yes, it does. Um, though East Germany ceases to exist currently, it was suspected that one East German sovereignty still persists. Um, on Ernst Thalman Island off the coast of Cuba, mostly uninhabited except for iguanas and birds. The existence of this sovereignty was proven by operatives of the Principality of Weichsland, headed by Prince Christopher, who conducted a reconnaissance mission and confirmed <laughs> East German presence. Um, I think Weichsland is another uh, micronation. Yeah. Thus, the war persists, and the Malassians remain vigilant and prepared for an unlikely attack from covertly trained attack iguanas. <laughs> I say that on their website. <laughs> <clears throat> and the last That's war. beautiful. The last war we shall discuss is the Dead Dog War. Oh, no. On the evening of July 3rd, 1999, covert forces from the United States crossed the Malassian. I'm quoting this, this part. It's just from their website. I'm just quoting it. Sure. It was short, and it I couldn't write it any better. So Okay. Um, so on the evening of July 3rd, 1999, covert forces from the United States crossed the Malassian frontier without permission and buried a dead dog in sovereign Malassian territory. Oh. The peace-loving Malassian government responded to this dastardly assault initially with negotiation to attempt to avoid all-out war. Negotiations failed, however, as the putrid corpse was not removed. Therefore, the Malassian army was deployed to deal with this underhanded threat to our sovereignty. Siege was laid against our enemy using our secret weapon, the ceaseless chatter of a hyperactive 13-year-old boy. <laughs> I believe that is Mark Baugh. Okay. After two weeks of conflict, the siege resulted in the capitulation of the enemies of Malassia. The dead dog, now considerably more decomposed than before the war, was removed. Sometime later, reparations were made to Malassia in the form of a wood garbage can holder. Today, the dead dog war battlefield and the new grave of the dead dog just over the now fence Malassian frontier stand <laughs> as a mute reminder of the horrors of war and of man's inhumanity to man. The dead dog war was an event that threatened the territory of Malassia by the United States, while not being a war in the strictest sense due to a lack of direct armed conflict, is nevertheless defined as such by Malassia because it represented a threat to our sovereignty and was resolved by unconventional weapons and not purely by diplomacy. It may also be likened to the Cuban Missile Crisis in that both sides stood firm until the United States blinked this time. <laughs> <laughs> I that's mean, the dead dog war. That's that's really. I, I think about what it would be like to be the FBI in the area, or like someone who <laughs> you're the person who gets the letters <laughs> from the Republic of Malasia <clears throat> complaining about an act of aggression on Malasian okay, so, soil. Like someone's getting so, these letters in correspondence. No, so what really happened is that a neighbor buried their dog and it happened to be on their land and they were like, move your dog. And they're like, no. And they're like, move your dog. And they're like, no. And then they sent their 13 year old to badger them about moving their dog. <laughs> and then he did. Okay. That's and and then he gave likely. him a garbage can. <laughs> it, all's well that ends well. And then they put up a fence. <laughs> but but I love that it's attributed to the United States. Like yeah. this, the government of the United States. Yeah, this um, incursion on our lands. Malasia is an exercise in in just like it's like beautiful joy creative and storytelling. We are not quite done yet. Okay. We have yet to discuss their provinces. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because they have a navy somewhere. Yeah, I mean their navy is basically just their armed forces. Mm. 
Um, but Farfalla is the colony. Farfalla. Is a colony of Republic of Malasia. <laughs> like the noodle? <laughs> You'll see why. Uh, about mm? six and a half miles or acres. I cut that part off. Mm. Um, it's covered in pine trees with a small seasonal creek, lots of wildflowers, and butterflies. Farfalla is Italian for butterfly. Well, there you go. And that's why that pasta is called that as well, because it's butterfly shaped. Um, it was purchased in September 2003, but in 2005, due to economic reasons, Malasia relinquished Farfalla to the U.S. government. At the same time, Malasia gained their desert homestead province. Mm. In 2015, the Farfalla colony was restored as a principality of Malasia. So 10 years later, they got it back. All right. Uh, their desert homestead province is, is pretty interesting. So under the Small Tract Act of 1938, the U.S. government gave five-acre parcels of land to anyone willing to Im improve upon it. Mm -hmm. Later, under amendments to the act, homesteaders were granted a deed if they built a structure with dimensions of at least 12 by 16 feet. Mm -hmm. So James E. Baugh, which is President Baugh's grandfather, did just that with the help of his brother. And the structure was Eventually dismantled by passersby over the years, mm. but the land now belongs to the Republic of Malaysia as a province and national monument in the memory of James E. Baugh. Oh, that's nice. And then there's Neptune Deep. Neptune Deep. What a name. <clears throat> Malaysia is undersea province in marine sanctuary at the direct opposite <laughs> point on Earth from Malaysia. <laughs> If you draw a straight line through the globe in the open Indian Ocean, far from any landmass, is where this Neptune Deep resides. Mm -hmm. Southeast of Madagascar, on the Crozet Basin submarine depression. Political administration is in the hands of Malassian government, but physical administration is in the hands of Malassian Navy. Uh-huh. Uh, Malassia sure. claims the waters over Neptune Deep as well as the seafloor itself, because they would have to enter the waters above it in order to get to the seafloor. Mm -hmm. And they have established this area as a marine sanctuary. Okay. As a quote from the website, Although Malasia's Neptune Deep claim may be spurious and not generally recognized by national governments or the UN, it's, it suits Malasia's purposes since we will never go there anyway. <laughs> Distance and depth generally prohibit our nation from actually visiting our undersea territory. Instead, we see ourselves as custodians and stewards of this tiny area of the deep ocean. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what I love about it is it's like those companies that are that will name a star after you. Yeah. It's like they have absolutely no jurisdiction over some star. Yeah. That is forever away. And maybe no one else will even recognize it. But if you say you own it. Yeah. Prove you I got don't. the paperwork. <laughs> Malasia does offer tours, though they must be prearranged. Mm. They do not accept applications for citizenship. Oh, I was going to ask that. How do you yep. become a Malasian citizen? You can't, unfortunately. Oh, but you can go visit and um, you can buy souvenirs. They they have lots of merchandise. They have some shirts and things. Yeah, to sustain um, the government of Malasia, I'm sure. Yes. The most interesting thing, you can buy war bonds <laughs> um, because of their... Um, they have a bank. Yes, because of their ever-present war with East Germany. Right. Um, you can still invest in war bonds. I did not purchase any of those, but I did, of course, get the currency. Right. Which you can also get on their website. You got to keep some currency in your wallet just in case you have. Just to in be case you through. go to Malaysia. Yeah. Never know. Um. So yeah, 
And then I already told you about the email communication I had with him. I'll write him back and let him know we did the episode. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this was a nice little departure from a lot of the episodes we do. But it's just like a story of someone who has an interest they're invested in and they're creative and funny. And yeah, it's great. It That's was what super interesting. Like what really strikes me is how sweet and funny and and I guess serious only in the only in the sense of like committing like thorough very committed yeah again a lot more info on their website than what I talked about like it is thorough the other thing is you said they were established uh, I can't remember when but th- I mean the, this fellow does not look like an old man he, you know they were so. young the, so Voldstein was they were the like kids when they came up with it right so and then he just kept it going so this this guy has essentially been a prime minister since he was seven years old, <laughs> and something now, you know, and now El young. Presidente for maybe another twenty. Yeah, uh, I mean there is the fortieth anniversary coin, and that's dating back to the Voldstein days. So they this right. has been in existence in some form or another for a very long time. I, I take back uh, what I said about the eagle imagery and all that because it's like that's clearly the stuff that kids associate with like you know like a a government you know like even the united states government you know we got a a big eagle you know yeah doesn't necessarily mean to kids what what that image might conjure up to adults so yeah um you can tour you can visit yeah you can it's a short tour they say you know (laughs) budget for maybe an hour or less and plan to do other things in the area outside of malasia but Do do you know how much i would love to visit Malasia and bring like it. a diplomatic gift, you know, for the we head of state. It. And, and um, yeah, it's for, it, I read an article about it and it said like for pocket change. Like, yeah. So I don't know exactly how much that is, but, you know, reasonable. So one day after COVID, maybe yeah, when if we they're still to be doing tours Nevada. at this time, we'll go to Nevada and we'll tour Malasia. I would love to visit. That would be great. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I I don't know what exactly I was expecting, but this is much sweeter. Yeah, it's than fun. I, you know, like, because like with, with Sealand, while they also seem like generally nice people, there's like a, there's like a standoff element to it that's like yeah. a little bit troubling. Malasia just seems to have very peacefully incorporated itself. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't seem to have any beefs except with places like you, with names like <laughs> Mustachistan. <laughs> uh, um, I do think you should look at Malasia's website and look. They have pictures from some of the wars and they have like mm-hmm. d- the disputes and the they have pictures of uh, Sultan Ali Ali oxen free of Mustachistan <laughs> um, and all kinds of things. But uh, I'm just tickled that this exists. It's great. And it's it's existed for such a long time. I, for me, I bounce from interest to interest very quickly. Yeah. And Do you think you could maintain your own micronation for forty maintain years? Maintain something for this long is like totally outside of my depth. <laughs> but I'm impressed by it, and I think it's super cool. Yeah, I'm impressed. Okay, so you mentioned the quality of the banknotes. They're, they're really cool, and that's definitely I think my favorite. One thing about it, but the other thing is like, much like actual paper currency, the. Uh, the print itself is very fine, like high DPI print. So you have these like um, patterns that could be used essentially to to verify that it hadn't been forged. <laughs> yeah. 
And like I said, serial numbers. Yeah. I mean, they're like committed. It's awesome. And I'm not joking. There's like an embossed seal on it. This looks every bit like a real piece of real currency, which is, of course, you know what it's what it is or what it's meant to be, at least. Yeah, I'm I'm so impressed. (laughs) I think we should be. Yeah, Um, it's super cool. Um, I, I would wonder. There's still some questions I have, which maybe their website will answer. Maybe. What are your questions? You know, like I wonder what. What the purpose was for the establishment of a micronation, like what they what they wanted it to stand for, what it, it what seems it meant to be like for them. it started as just like a childhood project. Yeah, just just for fun. And then it just became a thing that he enjoyed doing. And then he probably learned about the like micronationalism. And he's obviously very involved in that. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's a link on the website about forming your own micronation and a bunch of information about that, too. So I think it just became like a little passion project. The other thing is, like, what constitutes a nation, right? Like, the only thing that grants a legitimacy to a nation <clears throat> is the um, the agreement of other nations that you're a nation, mm-hmm. right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you that your nation doesn't exist, quote unquote, until recognized by other people. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess kind of like conceptually, it's not really it's a joke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It would be nice if the rest of the world would agree <laughs> yeah, to true. the sovereignty of the Malassian government. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. You know, I wonder if in correspondence ever anyone from the United States federal government ever <laughs> gave them the legal justification by referring to know. them as these are also things that maybe um, esteemed president Kevin Baugh could answer. Yeah, I mean, like the the question that I think I know the answer to is: Have you ever been in any correspondence recognized as a government by you know <laughs> like? Yeah, that would be interesting by the United States out. government, which I, I doubt. Uh, I think they're pretty pretty choosy about how they how they refer to people. Let, let me give you just a brief idea of of how thorough their website is. Yeah. Um, they have several tabs across the top here. They have an about Malasia tab, a history tab, government information, government agencies, places, culture, media, their shop, special links, which is usually like the stuff about like micronationalism yeah. and a contact us button okay. under government agencies. They have the Malassian war office, Malassian Naval Academy, Malassian Navy, territorial administration, Malassia constabulary, Malassian national park service, science ministry, Malassian air and space agency, Malassian Institute of Volcanology, Malassian <laughs> geographical society, the bank of Malassia, Malassia railroad, which I didn't even talk about the railroad, Malassia postal telegraph and telephone service these are like largely the functions that a government needs in (laughs) order to support its people yeah even 30 some odd people and four dogs yes they have um under places they discuss their land and different parts on their land red square norton park their friendship gateway because they believe in a gateway not a wall Mm-hmm. Um, the province of their desert homestead, Farfalla Colony, Neptune Deep, and Malasia's Tiki Hut Bar and Grill. <laughs> I love it. Um, which looks like a little tiki hut that they 
they built and sometimes eat burgers at. Mm-hmm. And they have a list of their burgers that they make. Oh, my goodness. Um, Which there's a bunch of them on him on mm-hmm. here. But um, they have the Dreamy Burger, which is the favorite of our chief constable. It's a mm-hmm. uh, tasty bun, 100% beef patty, lettuce, tomato, pickle, mayonnaise, and ketchup. Ah, the classic. A monster Burger. Tasty bun, 100% beef patty, bacon, provolone cheese, ranch dressing, ketchup, and mayonnaise. It says, eat it before it eats you. (laughs) Um, I I wonder if you could go and have lunch. I I don't, I doubt that. Yeah. Um, This seems like just like their family, but. If they say budget for an hour to tour Malasia, that hour doesn't also include a meal at the Tiki Hut. Um, they have one called the Breakfast Sandwich Burger, but it's spelled B-R-3-4-K-F-A-S-T-S-4-M-M-1-C-H. Exclamation point burger. So they're kind of nerdy, too. Yeah, so a great way to start your day, especially if your next stop is a nap. Tasty bun, 100% beef patty, egg, three slices of ham, bacon, Colby Jack cheese, ranch dressing, ketchup, and mayonnaise. <laughs> Um, they, they have a bunch of different ones on here, but I, I just think that's fantastic. And they have, um, some drinks, including the Molasalini. It's their signature drink made with Sprite, pineapple juice, grenadine, and slices of fresh banana, oranges, and pineapple with cherries added to a taste sensation. Don't leave Molasia without trying it. <laughs> sure. We have other stuff to drink too. Soda, water, even milk, but why bother? Even milk. They also have a lava cake. Uh, (laughs) now we're just reading a menu (laughs) yeah it's great though like this is awesome yeah um and they have tiki hut merch (laughs) so they've been at this for over 40 years all said yeah i i mean i wonder i don't know i wonder a lot of things i'm sure that their website can provide a ton more information (laughs) i wonder what it was that he disputed or wasn't fond of in the Wikipedia article. And I imagine probably its perspective um, is a little bit like, you know, yes. I this looked is not at a- it to see, and there was something that I thought might be it. Um, Cause it will be written from the perspective of this is not a recognized nation. Right. I think it's partly that I, I think it's that they, they say the Republic of Malasia has claimed itself as a nation. It's not recognized as a country. Um, right, like by who becomes the rhetoric. Right, that, you right, know? right, right. Um, it says that they they still pay taxes to the U.S., <clears throat> but but they Malasia calls it foreign aid. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And also, I think another maybe another point is so at the top, it says this article relies too much on references to primary sources, which is one of Wiki's things. Right. Yeah. Right. But like if you're a small micro nation and you have a website, what is there except a primary a primary source? You know, maybe some so, local news covers you and uh, maybe you get a profile in, in, you know, a magazine or something like that. I mean, but there like are mostly, a couple articles out there about them, but sure. like most of the information, if you want actual information about them is going to come from their website so exactly yeah um i understand wikipedia's policy on that but yeah on some level if you're that small yeah it's most of the information is going to come from you but that's why most of the information came from the website itself because yeah it was thorough and i didn't really need to look elsewhere Mm. i wonder what their citizenry looks like 30 some odd people is A family's worth? Yeah. 
it's their family. It's literally their family. Yeah. And dogs. Maybe a handful of people that live nearby that no, no, it's no, strictly no. the Malasia is just Malasia. It's just their family. Wow. It's sad that you can't. It's sad that you can't even petition for citizenship. <laughs> I mean, I know how silly this sounds, but like <laughs> I would love to to I guess this is really role play. I would love to role play this with the, you know, to ingratiate myself to the government <laughs> of Malasia. This is silly. <laughs> it's fun though, right? Like a part of me is like, I want my own nation, and another part of me is like, you do not have the dedication to do that for forty <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, by the time it came it came time to like start drafting diplomatic missives. Oh my god, to... I'd be like super focused on it for like two weeks, and then I would lose interest. Yeah. I know myself, but Gustopia ran out of steam. We uh, <sighs> we just we don't have the an all volunteer uh, sort of uh, government and uh, and yeah. workforce. There's only so much we could do. Yeah. As a nation. We're already too. doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I'm starting to think we need to do something with the various artifacts we have gathered. I, we need to make a shadow box or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to do that. <laughs> you can build us one. Uh, I mean, it occurs to me, though, we have a very unique opportunity if we choose <laughs> to take it. I mean, we have the email address. Of the president of a nation. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll take advantage of that fact and just you know, beseech the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the president himself to answer some of our questions. Uh, he said to reach out if we had any. So. That's wild. We are now in direct line of communication with the president of a nation. Pretty cool. It should make you feel important. It does. I feel like we have we have ascended to the highest levels of power. In which the, not, not the highest us. levels of power are communicating with the yes. world leader. <laughs> yes, we have. I should have phrased that differently. We have the ear of the highest levels of power. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's all I got, though. I think we've come to the end. That's amazing. I kind of want to see what the rest of the Molossian merch looks like. <laughs> you should take a look. I, I think personally the more the most interesting parts are maybe that Tiki Hut merch, which I didn't see before. <laughs> and um, the currency, maybe the war bonds. I didn't take a close look at the war bonds, but mm -hmm. yeah. I think the stuff like that was the most interesting. I will say if we had our own micronation state, I would want warm diplomatic relations with the Republic of Molossia. Oh, of course. Yeah. No reason for there to be anything but warm diplomatic relations. Well, unless, I hope <laughs> unless you unless you want to be uh, like the mustache the, the yeah, yeah. start claiming territory. Oh, I'm don't plan to move to Nevada. So, <clears throat> well, I guess that's it. That's an episode. That's a whole episode. Uh, thanks for that one. That was super interesting. Yeah, it was super fun to research. Yeah, I just I love the level of thought and detail that they have yeah, put into their it's impressive. nation. Like yeah. the and some of the jokes are so good. The the Pillsbury cookie dough Iguana and the assassins. The, that is like one of my favorite things I read on there. <laughs> I had to include it because it made me laugh. Um, I'm surprised you didn't hear me like randomly laughing through the wall when I was doing this research. No. But yeah, yeah, it was just fun. Fantastic. Sometimes this research is really hard to do. And a big part of that is because of my brain. Mm -hmm. 
But another part of it is that sometimes we research really heavy things that are just like exhausting. They're interesting but exhausting. And this was not the case. It was a nice departure. Uh, so maybe we'll have an update in the future. Maybe with commentary from El Presidente. <clears throat> yes. Um, but in the meanwhile, thank you very much for that, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. This has been an episode of Goose Chase. Goose Chase. Uh, we'll be back in another couple weeks with another episode. Yeah. About what I don't know. And by then we may be our own, uh, nation state. We'll just see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, really. Um, but, uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod. And our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 